Amen. May be seated, brothers and sisters in Christ. Grace and peace to each and every one of you soldiers of Christ this morning. We have an awesome, great God that we have, and we want to serve Him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength each and every day as we look to Him, look to His Word, and we want to spur one another along to do good works. You know, yesterday, uh, Michael and Tachi are in town, uh, you know, from Harding and brought in our daughter. So we were very happy for them to come. We're sad they're leaving the day because that means our daughter's leaving the day also. But uh, God bless them on the way back. And Jade and others who will be going back also today or tomorrow as well. God bless each and every one of you. But I wanted to think about yesterday. I wanted to, I wanted to take them to Tyler. I've seen this thing about roses. You know, I want to see the rose garden. I want to go see the rose garden. Because uh, it says the capital of roses. Well, we get there. And as soon as we get there, what's it start doing? Raining. And that's not just a little bit of rain. I mean, it starts pounding. Well, decided to go to the mall. So we went to the mall. And we got in the mall. And as soon as we started walking around, just a little bit, they started closing the stores. Because of the tornado warning and things that was going on. You know, so it was like, what's going on? But, of course, that might have been a little bit good for Mike and I that the... the the, the shops closed for a little bit, so as you and, as you and Tachi weren't able to do as much as they would like to, okay? But in the end, during that storm, I remember, I sent a picture to some people the other day. It was 4.30 p.m., and it was pitch black outside. I mean, there was no gray, there was no light gray, no dark gray. It was pitch black outside for a moment there at that moment. Darkness had turned, totally turned into night. And I also remember, and I think about a time in my life when I went, you know, one of those first times maybe you'd ever gone into a cave. And you go in and it gets dark and there's that darkness that's there. And then when you turn off those lights, man, you can't see your hand in front of you. You don't know where you're going. You don't know where you're stepping. So you just stay in one place and hope nobody touches you, right? Because something could happen, okay? But all of those things happen because sometimes we get pushed into those dark places in our life. Sometimes the winds, the rains, and those things that Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount come into our lives and darkness comes upon us. And things that happen to us. Lots of things that come because of just life. You know, man, we got bills to pay. We got things we got to take care of. But also, we got health problems that we have to go through. And we hear something that goes on in our lives. And they want to push us into the darkness. They want us to forget that there's a light. They want us to get us somewhere where we're not accustomed to being. Not only that, but also sometimes because of battles and struggles between brothers and sisters in Christ, between the world. We find ourselves in a dark place. Well, I want you to know, if you ever felt alone, that you've been in a cave where you can't see anything and don't know anything, and you're a little bit scared, it's okay. Because there's somebody that has felt like that. And it's somebody who defeated Goliath, a giant, in his life. And we know how strong David was at that moment. We know how strong Elijah was when he was against those 400 prophets of Baal. And Elijah went there and prayed and showed strength. But then just a little bit of my time when Jezebel started coming over him, he ran into that cave and said, God, take my life. I'm done. And God said, get out of that cave, Elijah. Well, there's a time in David's life in 1 Kings uh, that we know about, talking about, that he was in the cave. And actually, 1 Samuel chapter 22, twice he's going to be encountered in a cave. Twice Saul and his companions are coming to kill him. And David has been pushed into this cave, into, into this area. And I want us to look at this psalm this morning, because there's a psalm that he wrote while he was in that cave, showing the thinking and the feelings that he was going through. And perhaps we can kind of identify with some things in our lives as well. 
But one of the first things I want you to know, if you feel like you're in a cave and you feel like there's nobody around, I don't want you to forget God is with you. Amen. He is there. He is ever present in our lives. But look what it says here in Psalms 142. And we're going to look at that psalm this morning. Psalms 142. And look what David is going through as he's writing this psalm. The things that he's going to bring up to the Lord. The complaint. The remarks. The things that are going on in his life at this time. Also, if you've, we've seen that song, Jesus, Lover of My Soul, written by um, Charles Wesley. And that song, we said, is based on Psalm 142 as well. But look what it says here in Psalm 142, verse 1. I cry out to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him I tell my trouble. The very first thing that I see here is that David said, I cry out to the Lord. Man, you know what? Sometimes in our lives, we may just have to cry out to the Lord. And when it says cry out, it says here, when it says in that word that they mean, it means he expressed it. He cried out. He screamed out. He he clamored to the Lord about what was going on in his life. And he said, I cry out to the Lord, expressing it with the most heart, contrite heart that he has. What he's going through. Now, I don't know if you've ever had a time like that. Maybe you've been driving around at night and out in the middle of a dark place when everything's not going well in your life. And you want to spend some time with God and with the Lord. I know there's one very important, one moment in my life where I surely felt like I was in the cave. And as I was driving out in the middle of nowhere, turned off the car, turned off the lights. And what did I do? Cried out. To the Lord. And man, I mean, when I talk about cry out, you know how it is when you got all these things building up inside of you and you just want to say, Lord God, please take control. Lord God, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand what's going on. I don't know why this is happening, why that is happening. Man, when we actually say, Lord God, I'm going to cry out to you about these things, cry out. The Lord, look what he says here. I cry out to you, Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. He knows that the Lord is going to hear him in this time that he's in the cave. At this moment in his life. And also when us, when we have those things that come. If it's health. If it's things that's happened to our family. Or friends. Or relatives. Or a job. Whatever it is that's calling us. And bringing us. And dragging us. And making us feel like we're in a cave. Cry out to the Lord. With all of your heart. All of your soul. Mind and strength. Jesus cried out to the Father while he was here on this earth. And he was heard for his reverent submission. But look what he says. I lift up my eyes. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. Imagine. Saul is after him. Wanting to kill him. David has to run from place to place. And now he finds himself in this cave. But look what he says on here. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him I tell my Trouble. Wow. Did you know what? He says, I tell my trouble. Can we talk to the Lord about the things that are hard in our life? Can we talk about the Lord? Hey, Lord God, this is something that is troubling me. And why do we sometimes feel like we can't talk to God about that? Because we think perhaps he's too big or he doesn't want to listen. Or perhaps we feel like the prodigal son. When he was going back to the father, I don't deserve to even be called a son. Just make me a worker. But the father came there and ran to him and hugged him and kissed him and gave the big feast. But a lot of times we may feel like that prodigal son did. 
And God is saying, cry out to me. I'm willing to listen. Not only that, bring your, bring your complaint before me. When he's saying complaint here, we're not thinking about complaining. He's bringing about as you would if you were in a trial. Bring the complaint. What is going on? Lord God, this is what's happening. Well, it's good to know that our God loves us in such a way that he's willing to hear us. And he's willing to hear us out. And the things that we're going through and when we're in the cave that we know that we can still cry out to the Lord. With all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind and all of our strength. But do you know or have you ever felt? I've given everything I can. I don't know what's left. Maybe Elijah felt like that, right? Lord God, take me. I'm ready to go. Maybe some of us feel like that some days, right? Lord God, take me. I am ready to go. I'm ready to be with you. Look what he says in verse 3. The first part. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. What a straight, what a great passage. When my heart, when my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watches over me. Wow. Anybody ever felt like that in their spirit? Grown faint? Felt felt overwhelmed by the things that life has been bringing to you? Maybe even feeling overwhelmed about sin in your life and the things that has happened and what sin has done? And we feel like we're overwhelmed and there's no way and we grow faint and we say, I just don't have it in me. Lord God, I'm in this place and I don't know, where are you, Lord? And he's saying, Lord God, you've been with me all the time. Lord God, in this time when my heart has grown faith, grown faint, help me to remember just as David did, Lord, that it is you who watch over my way. Lord God, in the struggle, in the trouble, in the suffering, you're with me. It may be things caused by sin, it may have been things caused by others, all kinds of different things that just happen in life. But God... You are with me. Imagine David at this time, anointed to be king, yet is still running from Saul. Still not ready to take that position as of yet. And look what he says here. In the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for me. Oh, goodness. Look what he says. People have hidden a snare for me. It's not like a battle when you're going somewhere and you know you're going to go into a battle. You get prepared for a battle, right? When you're going into battle, okay, I'm going to get the armor on. I'm going to put the things on and then I'm going to battle. But now imagine you're going somewhere and all of a sudden, boom, just like that mouse I got the other day at home. Okay. Didn't see what was coming. Okay. You just hear it. Boom. Okay. But what happens? Have you ever, have you ever walked into a situation where you felt, what is going on here? Have you ever thought and walked into a meeting and you thought, well, I thought this was going to be about this. And then you see it is about something else totally different. Or perhaps you walk into a situation that you're simply not prepared for. And when you're not prepared for it, how do you feel? Overwhelmed. Scared, perhaps fearful. David is saying, they have made these snares for me. I was walking, I was doing my thing, and yet now Saul and his companions are coming over me again and again. 
Oh my God, Lord, where are you? People have hidden us there for me, conniving, thinking about what am I going to do to Chuck Lee? Chuck gets it all the time because he's here in the front. Is that why? I'm not, that's why they always say that people like to sit in the back, right? But why is he going to do that? What's happening? What's going on? Now, I want you to imagine David. First of all, he feels the pressure of Saul and his companions. And he is in the cave. Now, not only that is he running and feeling that pressure. Look what it says here also. He says, people have hidden a snare for me in verse 4. Look and see, there is no one at my right hand. Man, there's nobody there to help me. In some of the Old Testament times, the man at the right hand was somebody that would speak on your behalf if you were in a court. He would speak on your behalf as a judge. But not only that, we use the term also today, he's my right hand man, right? If I'm not able to, he'll be able to, or she'll be able to. That person is my right hand. Now imagine David at this time, he says, I look around and I have no one at my right hand. No one to help me. No one to defend me. I am all alone. And not only does he feel that. Now, when I want you to feel that way because when you're in the cave, when you're feeling like everything is going wrong, when you feel all the storms going on, maybe you felt just like David. There's nobody that can help me right now. There's absolutely nobody. And not only that, there's not even anybody at my right hand. I got all these pressures coming from out. Then I have nobody by my side at this time as he's feeling this moment. No one is concerned for me. Look at David's feeling. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. David is being very blunt, isn't he? David is saying, I feel alone. You know, as Shrek would say, the donkey saying when he would sing to him, I'm all alone. Okay, I won't try to sing that. Okay. But I'm all alone, he says that. No, you're not alone. But David, at this moment, I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. A lot of times, when the storms come and the clouds are gray and dark, Satan wants you to believe that there is nobody that cares for you, nobody that loves you. Well, you know what? Sometimes you might be in a situation where you are by yourself. But what do you need to remember? And what do I need to remember? That there is a God who knows my every step. He knows when I'm in the cave. He knows when I'm on the mountain. Where can I go from the Lord, as David would write in Psalms later on? Where can I go from him? I cannot go from him. He knows where I am, wherever I go. I cannot escape him. The Lord is with him in this moment. But David at that moment says, I have no refuge. I have no peace. There's nowhere for me to go. Looking around. But praise God, David didn't just look around. But he decided, as Ois Kennington would say, right Ois? He decided to look up. Look what he says here in verse 5. I cry to you, Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. 
What an awesome psalm this is. What an awesome verse this is. Do we not sing, the Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases as we sing. Psalms 46 verse 1, David would say, our God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. David said that and yet he's still feeling like he's all alone. But now he says, God, there is no refuge, but I do have a refuge. That's not of this world. But it's from above. And I cry to you, Lord. I cry to you. I supp- supplication. I'm bringing to you, Lord, with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. You are my refuge. My portion in the land of the living. Why is that so important? David's in the cave. His thoughts while he was in the cave. And yet he's still crying out, Lord God, you are my refuge. Now, I was talking about me earlier. The one time when I went out in the dark, in the car, and man, just had it out. Just told everything that was going on, Lord. And I said, Lord, I don't understand. And man, I felt like I was in the cave. Lord God, please come. (laughs) Send your son today, please, right? We have those days, right? Well, Jesus hasn't come yet. But he's coming. We take the Lord's Supper to remember what he died for us and he was raised for us and that he's coming again. Amen. He is coming. But until he comes, Lord God, you are my refuge. And maybe we just need to cry out and remember ourselves in that moment of darkness. God, you are my refuge. You are my portion. Lord God, I'm so overwhelmed by these things. And these things are coming over me so much that I don't feel like you're my refuge. But I cry out because I know that you are my refuge, Lord. Help me not to lose focus. Help Satan not to say, no, you're not my, God is not your refuge. That's what he wants us to think. It's what he wants us to feel. But David goes deep down inside of him and says, God, I know you care for me. God, I know you love me. And God, I know that you are my refuge. Lord God, where does my hope come from? It comes from the Lord. And look what he says here in Psalm 142 as he continues talking about what's going on in his life. He says, Lord God, desperately, I need you. I want you. I want to have that refuge in you. I know that you're my refuge. And he says, listen to my cry for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who persecute me, from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. It's okay to tell the Lord, Lord God, I feel faint. The things around me are going on and they seem so strong, Lord. Too strong for me, Lord. So, Lord God, what will I do? Run away from you? No, I will cry out to you, Lord. You are my refuge. You are my portion, says my soul. But not only that. The problem's not too big. Never too big. He says, you have brought me low, Lord. He was in a circumstance where things were good, and now it's not so good. And usually that's where it happens most of our talks with the Lord, right? We're in a good circumstance. Things are going well. Something bad happens. We don't like it. And then there are those snares that are out there that even get us even more. I can't think of the word in English right now, but yeah, you know what I mean. More upset, more angry, and all these kinds of things. Set me free from my prison. 
David said, Lord God, I know you're all powerful. I know you are the mighty God. But at this moment, I feel overwhelmed. Lord God, I feel overwhelmed to the point that everything is going on. It's too strong for me. And do you think it was? Look at it. 400 men one time. Thousands of men looking for him in the cave. Lots. Yes. God, they're too strong for me. But David knew something. Set me free from my prison. Not just physically of the cave. But of the heart that was not taking refuge in the Lord. Lord God, I'm in this cave. But may my refuge still be in you. May I still have peace that comes through you. And David says, set me free from my prison that I may praise your name. You know what? If you're going through something right now, whatever it is, and whatever life has brought your way, and there's hard things that life brings our way, God wants us to seek refuge in him. And when we seek that refuge, when we can be at peace, we can understand and praise God that we understand that even though we don't know all things, he is our God. And as Tim says, God is and God loves us. Two things to hold on. But look what he says. Then the righteous will gather around me because of your goodness to me. Wow. David was confident, even though I'm in the cave now, even though the darkness is around me, Lord God, you will free, free, free me from this, free me from this thought, free me from all of these things. And I'm going to be fired up for you, Lord, to the point that I'm going to be able to tell you, I'll give bring praise to your name. Now, I want you to know, okay, when I was going to that car, going out in the middle of nowhere, if you would ask me if I was fired up, I would probably say not so much, okay? It's okay. I've, had, I've asked people if they're fired up before and they've said no and said, well, let's get there. Okay. But there are times when life brings lots of different things to us. But here in this verse here, Lord God, set me free from whatever it is that's causing this darkness in my life. If I feel this darkness in my life, don't allow Satan to get in there and work and make me not think of you and make me curse you instead of bless you. Lord God, I want to praise you for who you are and what you've done and that you are my refuge in all times of struggles. And look what he says on as we say again many times, humble thyself in the sight of the Lord because of your goodness to me. God's been so good to us. He gave his one and only son that we may have life. That we may have life in the Son and we may have it. Jesus said, I've come. That you may have joy. That you may have something that this world doesn't offer. And that is eternal life in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So what does this psalm has to do with us? Now, this is one psalm about David in a cave. Okay, well, we talked about it a little bit already. In our own lives, perhaps it's sin that we've been enslaved to that's gotten us into the cave. And we've tried to find our refuge in things of this world, but refuge in things of this world has not given us that peace. Pray that you now seek your refuge in the Lord. Or those of us who are in Christ who have had our refuge in the Lord, Lord God, when those dark days comes, may my house be built on the rock and not in the sand, as it says. But think about what Jesus said while he was still on this earth as well. Jesus told a particular people who were thinking about their lives. He says these things in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 and 29. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says this to those who believe that sin is so hard, so so strong against them. Take your yoke upon me. Come to me. Are you tired of being in the dark? Tired of seeing all those things happening? Tired of having all those feelings that are not of God? Come unto me, you who are weary and heavy laden and are burdened. Jesus talking to his disciples. You know what? When you give your life to Christ, you're never going to have trouble again. We know that's not a true statement. You know what Jesus said? In this life, you will have trouble. And Jesus says in John 16, 33, this alone. I have told you these things, talking to his disciples, so that in me you have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. When you have trouble and things in your life, take heart. God has overcome this world. Now, I want you to think about that. When we think about the things that's going wrong in our lives and the things that we see on the TV and we think who is in control, God is still in control. Jesus has overcome the world. And what can man do to me? Nothing. If I am in the Lord, I have eternal life. God is our refuge. God is our strength. If we put our trust in politics, oh man. If we put our trust in people, oh man. If we put our trust in ourselves, oh man. But if we put our trust in the Lord, what peace. Oh goodness. Praise God. (laughs) Okay. What a life we live when it's in the Lord. 1 John chapter 5 verse 5 says this alone. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Who is it that overcomes the world? The one who has been born of God. This morning, if you are not in Christ, we want you to be born of God. We want you to lay down your burdens before him. Say, Jesus is the son of God and believe it with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Come to him saying, Lord God, I will give the things of the past and I will give them up. I will no longer live like that. Be buried with him in baptism saying, Lord God, that old man is buried. Be raised to new life in Christ. And Lord God, when I'm raised in new life in Christ, I have victory. That's in your son, Jesus, Lord. My goodness. What a great and awesome God we have. I'm saying this this morning because when I was out there in the middle of dark, when I was out there crying to the Lord at that moment, and after I gave him everything I wanted to say and talk to, and everything that was on my heart and all my soul and all those things that we're going through, after I was able to cry out and say, Lord God, this is it. Here I am, Lord. I am. <laughs> the things are too strong for me. You take control. And you know what God did? He did. <laughs> and he gave the peace that passes understanding. So today, Jesus offers you the peace that passes understanding. The peace that passes understanding is life in Christ Jesus. There's a song that was written called out, cry out to Jesus. And then in these verses, it says in this song, it says this here from the groups that you likes to all people with burdens and pains, keeping your back from your life, keeping you back from your life. You believe that there's nothing there and there is no one who can make it right. 
To everyone who's lost someone they love long before it was their time, you feel like the days you had were not enough when you said goodbye. For the marriage that's struggling just to hang on, they've lost all of their faith and love, and they've done all they can to make it right again. Still, it's not enough. For the ones who can't break the addictions and change, you try to give up, but you come back again. And then the chorus is this here. There is hope for the hope, helpless. Rest for the weary. Love for the broken heart. There is grace and forgiveness. Mercy and healing. He'll meet you wherever you are. Cry out to Jesus. Cry out to Jesus. This morning, if you're not in Jesus, cry out to him. Have you been to Jesus? Have you been to the cleansing flood? Have you had your sins washed away? If you haven't, come as we stand and sing this morning. If you need any prayer, come as we stand and sing now. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas. 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.